sermon title this morning, uh, the other half, what's your focus? So, anyways, let's start the, uh, today, it's, the message is on relationship, and we're going to start with a couple videos on relationship. The first one is how, the woman saying, how I expect my husband to respond when I ask if he is busy. Hey, you busy? No. Are you hungry? You want to go somewhere? I'm starving. Should we just get dessert? Yes. Maybe we should get two desserts. Maybe we can get two different desserts from two different restaurants. I found the cutest nature trail behind the park the other day when I was playing with the kids. Maybe we go walk on that and hold hands. No, no. After that, I was thinking we'd go to Barnes & Noble, check out the new romance novels. We could hold hands there, too. Are there any farmer's markets open today? Yes. What phase is the moon right now? All right, the babysitter will be here in five minutes. Let's go. Hold my hand, you silly goose. And our second video, Worship Songs for Men. Here's another thing, worship pastors. Um, you wonder why men don't sing a lot in church sometimes. I think I know why, because a lot of songs written today are written with a female's way of expressing love, right? Men and women express love differently. So sometimes we just don't understand it. That's not how we express love, so we don't sing as much. You know, a lot of songs written today are like, you know, I want to see your face. I want to touch your face. I want to get to know you. And guys are like, what? I mean, I love him. I don't want to touch his face. That's creepy. Dude, I got visitors here. Don't make me sing that. And that's okay. Just write some songs men can worship too. Watch the game with me, Lord. Just sit here in silence, no talking or questions, and fall asleep halfway through. <laughs> Get me a Coke from the fridge, Lord. Get me a Coke from the fridge. Bring me some nachos with jalapeno. <laughs> oh, I would go to that church. Wouldn't that be awesome? <laughs> oh. Men, would you go to that church? <laughs> and I know, you know, with relationships, uh, everyone has a different type of reaction when we hear the word relationship. And there's probably some of us to he- here today that if I would pause for a second and nobody were to see you, and I gave you the option to leave at this moment, you would get up and leave because of that word relationship. And it's because some of us have been through some painful relationships, and some of them terribly painful. Or even you've heard uh, messages on relationship so much that you probably even think that you're going to know what I'm going to say today. Well, I ask that you uh, hold steady this morning, and I hope to bring some new insight into relationship, and even if it's something you have have heard before about relationship, you know, I'm going to be sharing from the Bible, and what? The Bible is the living Word of God, and the Holy Spirit can bring revelation every time. You know the Holy Spirit, you could read the same word in the Bible Every single moment of every single day, 
and God would release a deeper level of understanding. Because what? Our God is unending. There's no end to him. And so I just pray you have that revelation this morning. So we're going to start in Matthew chapter 6, verse 31. And if I were to ask you a question before, you begin, before we begin, and I'll just have you raise your hand. Are you in a relationship right now? Raise your hand if you are in a relationship. Well, if your hand didn't go up, you misunderstood the question. It was a trick question. The very nature of what I intend to communicate this morning is this message is for everyone and you are in a relationship and one of the most important relationships is with our Heavenly Father. And uh, if you didn't uh, raise your hand, I'm going to do an altar call right now. We saw all who you are. Can't you come on up here? No, I'm just kidding. No, that's not. Anyways, um, in this marriage, we will talk about aspects of marriage. But also, too, there's a part of the congregation here that's not married. So those relationships as well, we will talk about. So let's be honest. If we don't have a relationship with God that is right, or our relationship with ourself that is right, we're never going to have our relationship with others that is right. So let's pick up in Matthew 6, verse 31. And you know, this portion of scripture, for a while, I never really looked at it as a relational type scripture section, but um, as of recently, I just, as I read through it, I was like, man, this scripture, it's all about intimacy and provision. And Jesus speaking here in Matthew 6, 31 and 32 to start us out. So do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. God knows what I need. God knows what you need. And so just in case you've been staying up, stressing about things that are out of your control, I want you to know this morning that God knows what you need. He knows what you need. And that's a good thing, isn't it? It's a good thing that God knows what you need. When you don't feel like you have enough or uh, you don't know if you have what you want or you don't have what others have, you can lean on that God knows what you need. Just remind yourself over and over again, God knows what I need. Now, sometimes the reason we can't receive his provision in the areas of our lives, it's because we don't have our priorities aligned. And there's a specific person that we need to align our priorities. We can interpret what we interpret as a lack of provision on God's part a lot of time as a lack of prioritization on ours. In Matthew 6.33, it says, But seek first, what? His kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. God says, when you align your heart with my heart 
and your plans with my purpose, I will give you the things that the rest of the world is grasping for. I will give you that peace that millionaires can't buy. I'll tell you last night, you know, um, well, I'll go back a little bit. My wife always asks me before I speak, she says, has Dan assigned a certain topic for you? Because sometimes we do series, and so he asks for the topic to be on a certain range. I said, no, he hasn't. And she says, oh, good, you can speak on relationships. <laughs> you know, my wife and I have a great relationship. And I'm not shy about that. I think everybody should have a great relationship. You know, but um, I always get so nervous about sharing about relationships. I don't know why, because I have a great relationship. But last night, I was super nervous, almost to the point of shaking. And the last worship song they sang, you know what? God knows what you need. And in that moment, there was a release of such a powerful peace and security in him. I had to come up here and lean on the pole for a little bit. I just wanted to lay on the ground and just bask in that rest and peace and security. It was just so overwhelming. I can feel it now even as I talk about it. But God will give you that peace. He'll give you what these people are trying to grasp for. He says, I will give you every good and perfect gift that comes from above. Because I am in relationship with God, I have access to everything that I need through him. I have what I need to be who he has called me to be, to do what he's called me to do. So knowing these things, I seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all other factors will be taken care of by my heavenly Father. In Matthew 6:34 as we continue on it says, "Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble on its own." Matthew 7, starting with verse 1, "Do not judge or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you." Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How could you say to your brother, or you could say your wife, your boss, your child, your coworker, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your eye and then you will see clearly to take this speck out of your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Do not sell yourself short and lower and compromise your standards. Jesus said, do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they owe what? They may trample them under their feet and then what? Turn and tear you to pieces. Value what God sees in you. Verse 7, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. Seek. 
fix your focus. Fix your focus. I believe the only thing you're ever always in control is what you focus on. That's what you're in control of. What are you focusing on? So many factors in your life are beyond your control. It's beyond our control. But one thing you can always control is what? Your focus. What you're focused on. If you learn how to do it and you're committed to focus on the right thing, it begins to what? Grow. If you focus on the bad thing, it what? It begins to grow. So you choose your focus. I think many relationships fail not because of a loss of love, but because of a loss of focus. That would be one of the, also the reasons why even churches fail. Why? Because a loss of focus. When you lose your focus, when you stop caring about what God cares about, God will no longer back you in your endeavor. Sometimes what we call failure is really just what? Broken focus. That's the reason why we see such, when you see uh, such passion at the beginning of relationships. And when it, But for some reason, it just seems to start to fade. Why is that? It wasn't necessarily that you lost your love. It's you lost your focus on that relationship. You begin to focus too much on the negative things. If you notice from the passage that we read, it starts with what? Seeking. Seek first his kingdom. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. On the both ends of this passage, where Jesus is speaking on several different subjects, is this idea of focus. Where is your focus? In our culture, the focus, when it comes to our relationship, it is broken. When I say it is broken, I mean it is misplaced and misleading. And sometimes we're so focused on falling in love or making the relationship a certain way, that we're very uneducated about the process of staying in love or being committed to that relationship. There's a romantic notion in our culture that's reinforced every day. And you see it in the romantic comedies. The romantic comedies try to sell to you that the falling part is where the excitement is. When you fall in love. And there's a reason why that fairy tales end with marriage. Because nobody wants to see what happens next. Nobody wants to talk about the other half. So I want to go through four decisions of focus this morning that we are making every day in our lives. And I want to share some of the things that I've learned over the 35 years Melissa and I have been together, seven years that we dated, and 27 years that we've been married. Regardless of the stage of the relationship, it requires 
a certain kind of focus. Point one, is your focus on finding or becoming? Jesus said, seek first the kingdom and the other stuff will move into position. But if you seek first the other stuff, then you have no center of gravity for that stuff to revolve around. They just go every single direction. You can't even control it. But when your focus is on the kingdom, everything comes into alignment. So it's important that your focus isn't on the wrong thing. Happiness isn't finding the right person. Happiness is being the right person. Now hear me. I'm not suggesting that if you're not married, you're not ready yet. And if you are married, that you can't become that right person. So married itself doesn't mean that you're ready. I know when I first got married, I thought I was ready, but I was not ready. I was not ready. I went through marriage counseling. I was good, right? No, there's every day you have to stay focused in that relationship. You have to stay focused on Christ in that relationship and what he's releasing to you in that relationship. It is important to God that you have the right people in your life, but the only way you're going to have the right people in your life is if you will be the right person in your heart. It's the only thing you can control. You control the type of person that you are. Here's a little story about focus. I was in auto class in high school, And our teacher came in every day, you know, put on his white coat, did attendance, did several different things. And, well, this one day, unbeknownst to all of us students, um, he come walking in the room and he did his normal stuff. He set something on the table. The only reason I can tell you that is because of after, afterwards. He set something on the table, did his normal stuff, picked up whatever was on the table, walked back out of the room and came back in. He said, now everybody, pull out a sheet of paper. We're having a surprise test. I want you to write out what I do and what I did today when I came into the room. And so we, we all wrote the normal stuff just based on our experience of when being there day after day. So think about it as a relationship. You're in that relationship day after day, day after day. Do things change in relationships? Did you notice the change? So he did something different. We all failed the test that day. We all got big fat F's. Because we didn't recognize that he came in and brought in uh, this specialized tool that helped you find certain noises in the engine. And that's what he was looking for. We, we wrote stuff of what we thought we'd seen. And that's what we do a lot of times in relationship. We get focused. We get so, in some ways, numb to the everyday things of relationships. And that's not how God works. God is alive, and he wants your relationship to be alive as well. Every one of your relationships. 
the object of relationship, the object of love, is not that somebody else would complete you. I'll tell you this right now. My wife does not complete me. I do not complete her. We join each other. She joins me and I join her. Living and growing together. Jesus is the only one that can complete me. In the book of Genesis, verse, from chapter 2, verse 24, when God is describing marriage, it says there that the two will what? Become one flesh. Let me say, let me tell you what it doesn't say. It doesn't say the two halves will become whole. And that's our perception in relationships that we have to find the right person to make me whole. When the only person that can make me whole in a relationship is Jesus Christ. Because God has what I need. What's your focus? With relationships, sometimes we are so focused on catching the person that we feel that can complete us, we're not focused on the commitment that it is required to maintain that relationship. So what's your focus? Is it what God is doing in your life? Or is it constantly searching for something to complete you? God said that all of that has its place if your focus is in the right place. Remember, he said that the two will become one flesh. That's the focus. What are you becoming? What are you becoming in that relationship? Another thing Jesus mentions is our tendency to to live in another time. Which brings us to point two. Are you focused on then or now? He said what? Don't worry about tomorrow. Here's a quote from Corey Ten Boone. It says... Worrying is carrying tomorrow's load with today's strength, carrying two days at once. It is moving ahead into tomorrow ahead of time. Worry, worrying does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. We talk a lot about the importance of not living in the past. We teach a lot about that. You've got to take care of your past. And that's very important. We cannot be living in yesterday, past relationship, past hurts. You need to take that to Jesus and you need to become complete through Christ in that. So that you can become the person that you need to be in the relationship that you are in now. Don't live in yesterday. And I think a lot of relationships are sabotaged by things that happen before the relationship, before they even began, because they didn't deal with the stuff before going into this new relationship. Where you're always bringing the past into the present. And that's dangerous. You've got to deal with that stuff. Now, on tomorrow... I wonder how many of us live in the future every day. Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow. 
And it's equally important that we don't wish away today waiting for tomorrow to come. You know, tomorrow is a great place to vacation in, in your mind. It's totally imaginary. Do you know tomorrow is totally imaginary? Tomorrow is a wonderful place to visit in your mind. It brings hope into the present. I think it's cool to have a vision for the future and a plan for the future. God wants to plan for us, plan with us, our future. But at the same time, you're not living there yet. You know that song from the Annie? Tomorrow, tomorrow, I'll love you. Tomorrow, it's only a day. Away. Tomorrow, tomorrow, I'll love you. Tomorrow, it's only a day away. And we do that in our relationships. We say to our spouse, I'll love you tomorrow, tomorrow, I'll love you tomorrow. It's only a day. See how good that sounds? It just sucks you right in. You'd never hear anybody singing, Today, today, I'll love you today. It doesn't even have the same cadence or the same flow, not even the same rhythm. And we treat it with a sour note. We go, Today, we try to sound positive, today, and then we go, today, I hate you, today, but tomorrow, tomorrow, I'll love you, tomorrow, 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 I'll have my house paid off tomorrow, tomorrow, my kid will be out of high school. Tomorrow, I was guilty of that. I told David a couple weeks back, I said, four more years, David. Four more years. That's when my last child will be out of of school. That was a wrong statement. I was living in tomorrow. My relationship is with her now. It's about focus. The only way to tomorrow is through today. You got to live there. Have you ever noticed how easy it is to give advice when you're looking into somebody else's eye? Jesus shifts gears here in his teaching and he goes from comfort to challenge. And you know what? God is so good at both. He's like, I got you. Focus on me. I got you. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to get, I have what you need. And then he turns around and he says, now, don't judge. What's your focus? Point three is your focus on what's not or what you got. What's not or what you got. I brought my tool kit this morning. And I gave you guys a miniature toolkit. It's not a lunch bag, sorry. 
and won't be here all day. So when you think about your most intimate relationships, parent-child, child-parent, husband-wife, wife-husband, close friend, co-worker that you confide in, you pick the application. But the first tool you have in any relationship is the ability to magnify whatever you choose to magnify. You should find a little magnifying glass in your bag there. Hey, it sounds like thunder. <laughs> it's raining. <laughs> Jesus said, you make that little speck that is in somebody else's eye such a what? Huge thing. Why? Because you're focused on it. And, you know, let's break this down, because if you're going to see a speck in somebody's eye, where do you have to be to see that speck in somebody else's eye? If I look right now, you guys, you guys just look like a blurry mess. And some of us are a mess, but could be me. But, and David, just to warn you, I'm going to walk off the stage. <laughs> In order to see a speck in someone's eye, where do you have to be? You have to be nice and close, don't you? How's it look? That's great. (laughs) Those are our intimate relationships. People we're close to. Those are the ones that you're seeing the speck in their eye. So what are you focusing on? You have to be close. It's not something we can see from a distance, right? Can you guys see the speck in my eye from up here? Oh, good, I'm safe. And that's a whole intimacy subject there. I can't see a, a speck in your eye from the stage up here, but if I'm noticing a speck in your eye, that means that we're close. People do the craziest things when you first enter into a relationship. You, you magnify all the amazing things about a person, don't you? When you're, when you're falling in love, right? Man, they're so funny. They're so amazing. They're so thoughtful. Look how laid back they are. They are super chill. You know, but you don't know that... The code word, for, code word for laid back is super lazy. <laughs> it's amazing what you'll magnify at the beginning of a relationship. And, what will, and it's what causes you to love someone. Because as you're in a relationship, there can be a lot of stuff that you really love about an individual. But what's funny is a lot of times when you get into a relationship you begin to forget about those things that you used to love about them. You choose in your relationship what you magnify. You were choosing at that beginning what you magnify in that person. 
So in any season of your life, you choose what you magnify. What you need to realize when you enter into a relation with someone, they are not your savior. And if I'm going to be happy in this season of my life, if, if I have to choose what I, I have to choose what I magnify, what I make bigger. It's so easy to magnify the bad things, isn't it? Because it's not making you happy. What you magnify, you get more of. Focus. I am deciding at any given moment in a relationship what I am focusing on. You choose what you magnify. Now, in any relationship that is going through a tough time, reconciliation begins or doesn't begin with what you magnify. What I'm saying is whatever you've lost in that relationship, if you choose to magnify it, you're going to live in what you lost. You'll find what, you will find what you're looking for, but you have to choose what you're looking for. What does Jesus say? Seek, and you will find. That applies to both directions, doesn't it? Seek and you will find. Seek the good, you will find the good. Seek the bad, and you'll find the bad things. One of the things my wife is super good at is encouragement. She will focus on what you need when you are feeling down or having a lack of confidence or feeling you're not adequate. She will focus on what you need in that moment. And a couple weeks ago, I was going through a really frustrating time in my life in a certain situation. And because we in our relationship have chosen to focus on Christ in our relationship, we come to each other in a whole measure. In my time of frustration, I am able to go to her because I know she's going to bring her whole self in Christ to me. And she's going to release what she feels Christ is showing in her that I need. And likewise, if I'm whole in Christ in my relationship, I can release to her what she needs. And at that time, I needed her to speak wisdom in that situation, to step back. And she gave me encouragement. I think we don't understand sometimes the power we have to, what, the power we have to magnify in others what they have good going on and what what God sees in them, what their heavenly father sees in them. When you are seeking first the kingdom of God, 
God loves us so much, each and every one of us. And if you're seeking his kingdom first, when you see someone else, you see what God sees, his child, his loved one. You have that ability when you partner with Christ to bring out the good stuff if we are operating out of that wholeness. What you magnify gets back bigger. What is your focus? Jesus said, you can look at the speck or you could look at the plank. You know an interesting thing? A lot of, some versions of the Bible say sawdust. What does sawdust come from? What's a plank? Wood. So a lot of times, when you are focusing on the speck in someone else's eye, what does it say that you have in your own eye? A lot of times, the small thing that you're focusing on that's in their life is actually a big thing in your life that you need to deal with. And you're not seeing it. And most of us have a subscription to that issue. We keep allowing it to be delivered to us every day because of our focus. We, the, we allow the enemy every day. We say, I subscribe to that. And it gets delivered to us every day. Do you know what a good conversation date would be? What kind of crazy are you? I think that should be number one question. What kind of crazy are you? <laughs> you got to decide. Point four. What's your focus? Theirs or mine? Because the key to this thing, loving the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, with all our strength, and loving our neighbor as ourself, which brings tool number two for any good relationship. The mirror that is in your bag. Sometimes you have to put down the magnifier and pick up the mirror and ask God something. So Lord, what is it that you're trying to teach me? What are we supposed to be a reflection of? Christ. So shouldn't we be asking God, what are you trying to teach me? And put down the magnifying glass? What is it that I need to change? You know, the biggest reason that my, my wife and our relationship is so successful? Because we are constantly seeking in each other's life... God, what do I need to change? And you know what? In that, there's so much provision that is released in our relationship for each other. Because I am coming into my relationship with what? The mind of Christ. 
And that's how we need to come into all our relationship with the mind of Christ. And sometimes we got to stand before that mirror and say, God, what do I need to change? But also, too, which I've recently learned with our class, Conversations with Jesus, asking questions. Heavenly Father, what do you love about me? What do you see in me? It's okay to ask those questions. I'm not being vain. Our Heavenly Father, just like in my relationship with my wife, I want to amplify the things that I just love about her. I can't change her. She has to choose. She can't change me. I have to choose. But it's okay to ask the questions. I can ask my wife at any time, did I handle that situation okay? And it never feels like a rebuke because I know it's words of love and compassion for me to work on in an area of my life. And the same thing with the Father. What do you see in me, Heavenly Father? Or what do I need to change? We need to spend some time in reflection with our Heavenly Father of what the areas we need to change and work on. So it's love the Lord your God as one part, but it's also love your neighbor as yourself as your other part. You can't treat people like garbage and worship God at the same time. You can't love your neighbor as yourself until you love the Lord with all your heart. You can't treat people well if you don't know that God loves you. You can't love God until you receive his love for you freely. One thing I noticed here, Jesus said, you will love your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. And we go around trying to love people when we're not even whole within ourselves. He goes around knocking on the doors of our heart because he wants to be in every aspect of our lives. You know, in my relationship with my wife, I can't wait till the end of day to be home with her because I want her in every aspect of my life because that's a reflection of I want Christ in every aspect of my life. And the same with her. She wants me in every aspect. I don't hide things from her. I don't have my little secret time to myself. I don't have to call a night the guy's night out or the girl's night out, making it a separate thing. No. Hey, go have dinner with your friends. I'm fine. It's not separate. I could come at any time if I wanted to. I'm not excluded. Every aspect of our life is the same place that Christ wants to be with us. This is a command, but it's also self-reflective that the way you love your neighbor is the way you love yourself. 
So if you're treating someone poorly, that is actually a reflection on what you think of yourself. If you haven't received God's acceptance of you, you will not be able to accept anybody else as they are because you don't even love yourself. We must come whole. And we must become whole in Christ. In every aspect of our lives. That's the challenge this morning for a successful relationship. Become whole in who you are. Become whole in who Christ sees who you are. Because he knows what you need. He's the only one that truly knows what you need. What starts here in you, Lord, flows into me, and then what happens? It flows into the relationships of those around me. All because of what? Where my focus is. Where is my focus? Where is my focus? Let us pray. You guys all stand. There was a song my grandpa used to sing all the time, and I just I just ask right now that you receive this impartation from God. Not only for how he loves you, but how he wants you to love others. And so just close your eyes right now and just stretch out your hands. And my, my grandpa used to sing this song. I love you with the love of the Lord. I love you with the love of the Lord. I can see in you the glory of my King. And I love you with the love of the Lord. I love you with the love of the Lord. Yes, I love you with the love of the Lord. And I can see in you the glory of my King. Yes, I love you with the love of the God knows what you need. He loves you. He loves you so much. Father God, I thank you today that every person in this room, I thank you for the work that you are doing in our lives. I thank you that we are full and complete in Jesus Christ, that we have all that we need in him, all that we need to be good, husbands and wives, to be good parents, to be good friends. All that we need, Lord, you have all that we need to heal brokenness in the past. You have all that we need to take care of future worries. You have all that we need to stay focused on where we need to be in you, Lord Jesus. So let's receive that right now in the name of Jesus. 
Just allow him to impart to you right now that revelation. Even right now, spend a moment in self-reflection and say, Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father, you have all that I need. I'm dealing with these areas. Heavenly Father, we release the provision for those areas in my life so that I can come complete into that situation, Lord Jesus. We just pray that in the name of Jesus. In your name, amen. Thank you, Jeremiah. Some keys to handling the human factor in our journey together. Notice that we have an individual journey to the celestial city, to glory, to heaven. But it's always in partnership with people God brings into our lives, family, and for some of us, a spouse. And uh, human factor gets in the way. So great, great keys for being close. God doesn't want us to have any loneliness in our walk, our journey together to glory. We don't emphasize... Uh, a lot of meetings, I say no to most requests for, you know, for emphasizing certain this meeting or that meeting because I, I want us to especially focus on the small on our small groups, our enjoying fellowship groups. But we do have a, there are times when we have a, a multi church events that we would want to highlight, and that and one of those is the one um, that is being hosted this Friday, ten thirty a.m. to ten thirty p.m. That's it. 12 hours of continual worship right here. So if you can break free to come out for half an hour or 12 hours, <laughs> feel welcome. I'm asked to especially highlight a new small group, and that is Sunday night worship at 615. Just worship, just Jesus connection. That's tonight, 615 right here. We want to especially pray for some people today that are not here. And so, if you have a miracle need in your life, miracles are easy for God. So, let's give God a chance. Let's not be among those that have not because we ask not. We have an altar team that will be up here to pray for you if you have a need in any area of your life. But we also want to pray for some folks that, anyone that you know that's not here, that you'd like to come up and say, I'm standing in for so-and-so. For instance, Jack Ekman was injured, um, had, had a head, head, head injury in a skiing um, accident at Mount Ashland um, this last week, and he's in the hospital. I'm going to have uh, Mary, maybe you can come up and stand in for, lead a prayer for Jack. And Melody Grant, Victoria Lopez. And once I start mentioning names, I don't want to leave anybody out, but if you know of somebody that needs to be on that list, come up, stand in for them. And we'll totally pray for them. Always remember, everybody, people around you, we've all got clay feet up to our necks. The human factor is there. But we do have the affection of Jesus, the love of Jesus in our midst. Remember, God loves you. We love you. Let's walk in that this week. God bless you. Thank you for being with us. See you next time.